Attention shoppers, there are a wide variety of Crossrip items available in the gift shop. Sweatshirts, smartphone covers, an exclusive t-shirt designed by Dapper Dan Shonen of IDW Comics fame, and more on the way. All proceeds go towards our servers, so this remains the only ad you hear on the show. Go to GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. Hey there, fellow Ghostbusters fans, and welcome to the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip podcast for the week of December 31st, 2018. Happy New Year's Eve to all of you. Welcome to Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's, I don't know, whatever. Uh, this week on the show, we've got a fun Ghostbusters 2 commentary for you. You're going to be able to sync up with us and the Ghostbusters and ring in the new year with your favorite film. Here we go. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the keymaster? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! The, the math, I mean, we're not really going to be able to sync one-to-one as much as we want to try so my thought is we we uh we have a little tone here which is where you and i both push start and in theory that's when everybody else pushes start uh on their both their uh video and the audio commentary and then at give or take (laughs) you'll be hearing all things on regardless uh right at midnight uh, you, we just won't be able to do the 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 countdown because we'll all be in like totally different time okay. signatures. But yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Um, so I think if, if you and I queue up to the uh, to the first, like when the Columbia the first. lady first starts to pop on frame, because there's that two seconds of black and then you start to see Columbia lady, that's where you and I should pause. And, and everybody else that's out there listening, that's where you should start queuing stuff up here. Oh, by the way, hi, Happy New Year! Welcome to the Cross Rip. You can't say Happy New Year yet. Uh, well, Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. Uh, Chris and I have decided <laughs> to spend New Year's Eve with all of you, uh, trying to get this all sorted out so that we can all watch Ghostbusters 2 and ring in the new year That's at right. the exact same time as as the Ghostbusters do. Uh, <laughs> in theory. In theory. In theory. We'll see if this works. Um, Some improved tech, because I think the last time we did this, I watched it on an iPad that didn't have the room to download it, and in streaming <laughs> it, it kind of <laughs> stuttered here and there. So, yeah, no. Keen to see how this works. All right. Well, hopefully you and I will be... I do remember that, that you were like, oh, I think I'm a couple seconds behind you, or... Uh, it's fine. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so here's what, what I want everybody to Troy, do. Troy's the primary track. I never <laughs> lose track of Troy. <sighs> Try. Or if you have to, go on without me. Just go on. <laughs> um, all right, so everybody, uh, get get your uh, chosen media. If you've got it streaming, if you've got it on, uh, I think Ghostbusters 2 is back on Netflix if you want to join us there. If you've got the Blu-ray, if you've got the 4K edition, no matter what you want to do, uh, we want all of you to uh, pause the minute that you see the Columbia Pictures logo start to fade up on screen. That, that first couple frames of the fade up, that's where you're going to be paused. And then what you're going to do 
is you're going to uh, pause that and then wait for Chris and I to say, okay, in three, two, one, and then you're going to hear a tone. That's when I want you to pause. And then at exactly 10.24 p.m., 10.24 and three seconds p.m., we want you to hit play where you paused both on the DVD or the Blu-ray or whatever you're watching and on the podcast, and then you will be synced up to us on the commentary and watching the movie, and hopefully you will be synced up to the super accurate cross-rip atomic clock that we have uh, that will count you down to uh, the stroke of midnight on New Year's, and we will ring in 2019 together. Or you can do this next year, and we can ring in 2020 or 2021 or 2022 or however long my servers keep running you can continue to ring in the new year with the crosser. Uh, you said stroke of midnight, so now I got Clarence, Clarence Carter stuck <laughs> in my head. Uh, stroke it to the north, stroke it to the south. Easy, stroke buddy. Stroke it everywhere, even stroke it with my... Whoa! Okay. <laughs> I think I'm okay now. Okay. All right, so has everybody Woo! paused? Everybody's got your uh, video ready. Nope, it's still there. Okay, aye, aye, I'm good. Aye. All right, get your videos ready. Video is ready. Okay, so what we're going to do is in, uh, I'm going to count down. I'm going to say three, two, one. Then you're going to hear a tone. Chris, you and I are just going to hear a little pop. Uh, <laughs> and uh, that's when you will you will pause us and come back to us at 10, 24, and, and so on and so forth. Okay, so here we go. Ready? Counting down. Three, two, one. Happy New Year! Oh, no, it's too early. No, Sorry. no, no, but you pushed play, didn't you? Yeah, I absolutely did. Okay, good. <laughs> it was right. on three, right? No, I'm yes. just teasing you. So. On three or on go? Or on one? Go. Uh, all right, so you should just <laughs> now be seeing the five years later. 30 years, years later, right? later. 30 years later, yeah. 30 years later. So, uh, hey, welcome to our Ghostbusters 2 commentary, everybody. Uh, five years later, Chris, why the hell did it take so long to make a sequel to Ghostbusters? Do you want to start there? <clears throat> uh, oh, this is well known now. And now I'm concerned that we covered this last time. But We kind of did, but I was just reading that. Do you remember that Rolling Stone article that came out uh, before the movie release? It was at some point in 1989. I think it was actually with the, the cast on the cover where they were yep. talking about things. And I felt like there was some new stuff in there that maybe we hadn't talked about or hadn't maybe we hadn't before. covered. Well, I had basically bought in on the idea that... Um, I'm not a doorman. That line's not coming up yet. I'm just anticipating yeah. it. Um, I just really bought in on the idea that with five principal rights holders, it was a nightmare to get everybody to line up sort of thing. Yeah, I think, I mean, that's basically what the Rolling Stone article talked about was that maybe there were some hard feelings about residuals on the original movie. And uh, Harold Ramis has a quote, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but he says something to the effect of, we need to air some grievances before we could proceed with a, a second movie. Um, and then I guess there was uh, two studio executives. The first studio exec who was there around 1986, um, Harold Ramis said, sort of talked down about Ghostbusters. He's like, I like Ghostbusters, but let's talk about XYZ or whatever the other property was. Um, and then, uh, this, this new executive came in in 1988 and she said her first order of business was, I got to get a, a Ghostbuster sequel going like Columbia pictures. This is the most dire desperate. And they were flop after flop after flop. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of reminiscent of certain things that happened recently. Um, but they had like punchline with Sally field and, and Tom Hanks that came out that flopped and a whole bunch of other movies. 
so they they needed a hit and she was like i'm gonna get ghostbusters 2 going because i know that's gonna be a hit and then sure enough a year later they finally got it going and well in bill murray that's the well-known holdout obviously he said he didn't want to make this movie until (laughs) until he absolutely had to uh yeah yeah. i boy you know like we could talk about this for the rest of our lives oh sure we will um and it's just I mean, there'll always be stuff that you always be scratching your head there. That's the bottom of um, the old um, towers, wasn't that's it? That's the that's the World Trade Center. Yeah, you actually see yeah. that in trading uh, places as well. That's where the two the, of them are walking. Speaking of Christmas, the two of them are walking past. You see those little spires. Yeah. Yeah the the it was the the weird stylized Y shape. Or honeycomb or whatever you want yeah, to call those it. Yeah, those little like they columns. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Movie magic, by the way, they go from New York City to downtown Los Angeles there on Los one Los Angeles. Cut. Yeah. Upstairs. <laughs> Upstairs of Firehouse 23. Well, I don't, well they're going to they're, they're gonna do something to that upstairs, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're not going to rip it out or anything, but I'm assuming a chunk of this is still whatever it was, the, <laughs> the, the police captain's... Uh, uh, yeah. And when I was there in uh, 2001, all of the same furnishings and drapes and wallpaper and stuff was still up. Yeah. It was kind of Sorry. trippy. Sorry. Fire anyway. captain. Police captain. Police captain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the mom here, not that one that we're looking at right now, but the one that guided them in. Uh, yes, from Lethal Weapon. She, Lethal Weapon. Is, she's not the... Oh, no. D. Wallace is the mom in E.T. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying yeah. to figure out where else she's been into, but yeah, no, Lethal Weapon. Um, uh, yeah, and she just recently passed away a few years ago, too, which was uh, very sad. But, very sad, because uh, she wasn't terribly old. Um, well, I mean, she would have been roughly the same age as the, the guys, and of course, Harold, Harold Ramis passed far too young, too. Yeah. Um, well, not far too young. We reserve that term for people in their, what, 30s, 40s, 50s, but still, <sighs> yeah. that was... It was definitely a solid too soon because that man had at least a, a good 20 year run left in him. Uh, we were talking about, um, oh, the why it didn't get made. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at it. Everybody's had, would have an agenda. Uh, and over the years, we've kind of learned more and more about what those are. Like uh, Ackroyd. Ackroyd just wants more Ghostbusters. Always right. wants more Ghostbusters. Uh, Hudson wants more Ghostbusters just because it's every time they do a new movie, it, you know, it, it cements him more and more in the franchise, and it's you know, it's a, uh, it's I mean, it's solid uh, uh, in terms of. Um, does he have a lot of sequels? I don't think he does. I don't, I mean, and it was funny in your, um, your recent, yeah. uh, home shopping network, he doesn't have a whole lot of sequels. He's got a lot no. of one-offs like hand that rocks the cradle and Congo and Congo uh, and not, like, not a lot that's sequelized basically. The crow had things not gone tragic on that right. one. Wait, Merry Christmas. Happy new year. This is a real, <laughs> real welcome to bummer track. Um, let's see what happens when we take away the puppy from this commentary track. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, um, I kind of want that painting. Oh, the one that's in with the marriage counseling uh, room. Yeah. That would be, that would be so inside baseball as a fan to acquire that painting and have it as a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Or just anything like to actually own the piece of art and people are like, oh, that's very nice. Actually, it's kind of ugly. And they walk away and you're like, it's from Ghostbusters too. And only (laughs) I know that. 
probably um, came from Sony Props uh, and is probably sitting somewhere probably in there. their warehouse. Yeah. So what I hear you saying is <laughs> next year at Ghostbusters <laughs> Fan Fest, you need to run interference. Uh, and a, I'm a going painting heist. I'm going to the world's dumbest painting heist. <laughs> <laughs> You boys know that that's only worth like five, ten bucks, right? Oh yeah. Oh, we we do. Yes. Uh, when they oh, did we? I wanted to talk about it. Oh no, too bad. That last shot, uh, uh, mid shot of of Dana, it always bugs me that the bank of computers in the back ha- they look like little little faces. <laughs> they got the big black eyes and like a. <laughs> I've never noticed that before. Well, next time you watch it and go back, you will. Uh, yeah, the faces. Uh, it's one of those things that once it pops out, it's that. It's how appropriate in the Egon part that it's part of our brain uh, wiring that we go looking for identifying faces. Yeah, the the psychological response to faces in things. Yeah, yeah, we got to read them. We got to get a sense of what's going on. Is it going to eat us? All that sort of thing. There is uh, Ivan Reitman's daughter, Catherine. Is that Catherine. Right? Yeah, Catherine. And then we missed. Uh, I think. I mean, we called him out in our last commentary, but Jason Reitman is the. You know. Yeah. My dad says you guys are full of crap. <laughs> Very funny that he gets to deliver that line to them as well. Um, well, did we talk in the last commentary too? Maybe I should have listened to that other comment. Maybe it's better that I didn't. I don't know. But I debated it. But my fear was if I listened to it, then it'd all be stuck in my head. Yeah, then you'd be thinking. And too I'd much. just be thinking about it too much. So, um, but did we talk about the chronology here of of how things sorted out? Where we see this the scene between Dana and Egon uh, here, where in theory later in the movie where she's talking to Janos and she says, "I got a, I've got an appointment. I got to go. In fact, I'm late." She was actually on her way to see Egon. They've flopped those two scenes so that we would see Egon uh, a little bit sooner here at the top of the movie. And and I think it flows a whole lot better the way that they did it, but there's a little bit of a cheat in time there. A little bit of cheat in time because her bumping into Egon later would have just been like a throwaway, whereas this way we see what Ray and Winston are up to, and then we see what Egon's up to, which is the setup for... But how would that have worked? But, like, because he has the lines about, you know, then he went off the, I guess it's neutral enough that if he could have referenced it later. Um, it's funny, now that I think about it, that line. Uh, he was borderline for a while. Borderline. Then he went across the border. border. Yeah. And it seems like there was more conversation to be had or something. And it kind of. They kind of cut around it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, to a certain extent, it makes sense because if you're watching the movie and all of a sudden, you know, Dana just had this terrifying experience where her baby went in a, a runaway carriage and then all of a sudden she's sitting at work and she's restoring a painting and this weird guy comes up to her and you're like, well, shouldn't she be concerned? Shouldn't she be investigating what happened to her kid? That's odd. Yeah. It does uh, make more sense this like way. In the original movie, if the eggs would have cooked themselves on the counter and then all of a sudden you saw her at cello practice, and you're like, well, that, huh? Why are we... Okay, I guess her life returned to normal after that very abnormal event. But uh, anyway, uh, you you were a particular fan of this World of the Psychic uh, scene, as I recall, Chris. You, yeah. Mil- Milton Anglin is, is uh, near and dear to your heart because he takes over your Twitter account from time to time as well, doesn't from he? From time to time at, at yeah. the... Uh, I'm hoping uh, that he'll take a, if you're hearing this, um, he'll have been taken over earlier today and uh, New Year's Day tomorrow, perhaps. Hmm. We'll see. So um, if you haven't checked the Twitter accounts, check check them. Well, check not, the, don't check them now. You're doing three things you're at doing the same the time thing. right now. Just and probably listening to this on your phone. So 
<laughs> right. The one exactly. thing we didn't, I know we didn't talk about last time is because I kind of professed this earlier this year was, um, uh, Peter's, uh, no, that was the first movie. I talked a lot about Peter's shirts in the first movie and I kind of think they, they've like the first movie shirts have swung around, but they could be worn <laughs> again. So I'm going to pay attention now to, uh. To the to know. the early '90s wardrobe that uh, Peter's sporting. yeah turtleneck in a sports coat. Yeah. I mean that's very '90s. His, his trench coat. I always adored his Late trench 80s. coat that he's wearing. Uh, you know, later in the film, and then Dana wears it. Uh, oh, obviously. that's not how you handle a cat. <laughs> I'm gonna tell Bill Murray how to handle a cat. No, I would <laughs> like to. I mean, the grumpy old man of of Ghostbusters is you know grumpy grandpa or grumpy uncle Ivan Reitman. I don't know that you ever be have ever be able to have a conversation with him about it but i i just kind of wish i could talk to him about shooting i get the impression that his priorities are he's not the most meticulous director it is when it comes to comedy and stuff like that but in terms of weird little things like he's just you're talking about like wardrobe <coughs> choices where he's not thinking well in this scene you're quite melancholy so you should be wearing a blue or a cool color uh, well that no. bit with the cat where the guy just kind of just didn't like <laughs> uh, uh uh bill murray is just so focused on his thing and he kind of hands the cat back awkwardly and the guy can't really get a hold of it and then walks out with it. and i think other people i think you know there's two types of directors one director would go that takes away from the center of what's going on here, which is him yeah. signing off. And then the other is that's actually kind of funny. Leave it in, or we don't have the time. Just move on sort of thing or what have you. And Ivan Reitman's certainly not afraid to do retakes from the sounds of things, not tons, but, uh, you know, here and there. Yeah. But I just, I just think, I just think a, a guy trying to wrangle a hairless cat and not going well, he's, that's just bonus comedy. You watch it yeah. a second time. That's for you. Or maybe that was purposeful. Maybe the, uh, said, said intern yep. or PA that was on set, uh, or or, or supposed to be the PA. Obviously, he's a SAG actor because he's in, on in front of the camera. But uh, you know, maybe that that was a purposeful thing that he and the AD talked about. Like, okay, Bill Murray's going to hand you this cat. Uh, you hate cats. Go. <laughs> like, what do you do? Did you see the that video that went around on social media and all that for the last couple of years? Really got a big spike this year about the doing what she's doing, the restoration of photos, like the cleaning they do and the results they get out of it? No, no, like an actual sort of process uh, documentary type thing? It was a time lapse. I think it might have oh. been taken from a larger documentary, but it was a time lapse of cleaning it. And it wasn't quite as slow. Like, I think they've got it to a point where they can kind of, uh, not aggressive, but a bit at, at least a bit more aggressive than she's being. Because it used to be like dab, dab, dab sort of thing. And now yeah. they're... Be very but fragile with these priceless works of art. Yeah, it's under it's undersold here that she's like because the bit she's cleaning is just gray sky, like it just really. But man, if you get bits with, uh, hey, it's the wall ghost from Frighteners. Um, <laughs> it's it's really kind of astounding too. It's uh, there those trees, the Christmas trees with the. The ceramic Christmas trees with the little lights. Oh, on on his desk there. Yeah, yeah. my mom had a larger. One. I th I I think one in you know five households in the seventies and eighties had one of those. Uh, so here's a quick question. I don't want to derail you from what you're talking about earlier, but so the the Christmas elements in here. Obviously, the first movie had Christmas elements because that's when they were filming the the movie. Uh, win winter yeah, time, right before Christmas in New York City. Um, but now they're purposefully, uh, incorporating Christmas and we're going to see them in their Santa hats and we're building up to new year's Eve. 
do you think that do you think that they embraced that sort of feeling from the first movie? Like, well, it was kind of successful that it, it took place with this mystique of Christmas around it. Eh, let's let's incorporate that into the movie. Or is it just, uh, you know, uh, uh, a coincidence? Is it something that just, oh, uh, we don't think that Christmas had that much to do with the first movie. Second movie absolutely is going to have the Christmas influence. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think they're really, they're linked there. It's fun watching this one just because they actually have to like like put the tree on the counter put a wreath on the back door uh it is christmas we have put the code in um the earlier on when she um she's at her apartment she runs down the street there's not much christmas going on but they convince somebody to put that glowing 60s plastic santa face in the right. window like right yeah which well, again in it just in the first first scene of the movie where you, you know there's no leaves it's you know everybody's bundled up so you're like fall winter yeah, yeah okay yeah cold but then you see it, so here's dana's apartment and there's yeah. no decorations wouldn't you think there'd be christmas decorations here in dana's apartment she's got a poinsettia right there what are you talking about oh but that's it oh christmas is coming i'm gonna put this and poinsettia she's got a thing on her door car. look she's got a wreath on her door uh, now admittedly those are two <laughs> hard to see the wreath and a poinsettia <laughs> is on the floor you know out of shot most of the time yeah uh, i mean I don't. I don't see Dana Barrett going crazy with the Stewart here. The international symbol of Christmas, the white tulip. <laughs> what are you talking about? John DeCure would not approve of this. Baby's wearing red. Uh, stretch, stretch. <laughs> One of the things I debated on the Home Shopping Network too, and I, I opted then to leave it out, um, was I thought I thought a little bit about putting in a couple of. Uh, like vasculitis research and Hank's uh, uh, search for a cure. Yeah, Hank's hope for a cure. Uh, yeah, hope for a cure. Sorry, thank you. Boom, 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 boom. Um, but in the end, you know, time and just sort of tone and stuff like that, I opted to leave it yeah, out. But yeah, yeah, I do think of it every time now I watch this movie because you know we get to see little Hank here and there and. It's yeah. kind of sad. It's kind of sad to. It's like that with even stars that you have less of a direct connection. I mean, it's not like I have a direct connection with them, but you know, we've heard from them. They've they've talked to us as a uh, as a community and stuff like that. But even like just it, fans in general, like um, uh, not fans in general, but celebrities that you know what their future is, and then watch the old movies. It's just kind of uh, bummer. Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, for those of you who who don't know what we're talking about, so Hank and Will Deutschendorf, the the two twins that play Oscar the baby here, uh, Hank, uh, p- passed away last year. Now at this point, it's been a year. Yeah, nope, a year and a half. It's been a while, yeah, actually. A while. Um, but uh, is that it, Karl Marx? Sorry, keep keep going. The Karl Marx in the background, that weird drawing, or Hemingway, or. Uh, yeah, he, he, uh, let's not beat around the bush. He didn't pass away. He, he, he opted out. Yeah. And, yeah. um, that was due to a lifelong, uh, uh, battle with, uh, depression, et cetera. Um, depression and a couple of other things. Yeah, men- brothers mental illnesses. Talked about, yeah. His brothers talked about it and, and in, since his passing, they set up, you know, uh, uh, people could donate to, uh, research in his name and all that. I want one of those head stethoscopes <laughs> things. I'm not 100% sure why a person would need one. Uh, yeah. But uh, for for next time you're in a parade, uh, say for Fan Fest, or you could be uh, examination Egon with that attached to your forehead. 
Um, it's funny when you said, uh, for the, the home shopping network, you had considered, and you were talking about this particular scene. I thought you were going to talk about the yellow triceratops here, which has eluded me. And I think Jason of Ghostbusters news has finally found it's like a Fisher price dinosaur. I want to say, but then also the Winnie the Pooh pajamas that Oscar is wearing later, uh, those like fleecy footy pajamas. I wanted to mm-hmm. get those for, for my daughter and they don't make those anymore. I can't find them anywhere. It is no. ridiculous. And those were so stuff. commonplace in the 80s, and now they're nowheres. Well, that's just it, right? They got used up, they got handed around, and then off they go. You will basically, there's no, you had a one-shot window, right? You could spend the rest of your life hitting, uh, you know, Salvation Armies and Valley Villages and all that, and, um, and maybe come across one here or there, and but it won't matter, because... Um, She's probably outgrown it by now, <laughs> let's be yeah, honest. Exactly. By the time I would find it, she would be 16 and be like, what the hell? Dane has got a real thing for like pencil sketches and etchings and all that. Like, I don't think she has like a painting or. Uh, yeah, it's all black and She's white. She's got liner. photos. You're right. But it's all. I mean, obviously this is, this is supposed to contrast her very, uh, decure inspired, uh, Even right there, the first film. On yeah. top of the mantle, it's. And more right there. And Are we to imply? Is this uh, Dana's art? Is is Dana uh, doing these these particular sketches? You know, that's a very interesting question. That mantle looks familiar, by the way, too. Have we ever compared it? Like, are we back in the, the top of the fire hall again? Uh, Perchance? I, I don't believe so. I believe this was a, a standing <laughs> set. Uh, All right. Yeah. That yawn. You could not script that yawn. Good job, Hank and or Will. Baby performances. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, why is Ray under the, the crib here? What what was he scanning for that he couldn't have done above the crib? I always thought he was checking the material on the... Uh, see? Person carrying tree. <laughs> Lots of Guy Christmas trees package. for sale. Skiers walking around. What what the hell are the skiers doing Yeah, where the heck are they Manhattan? going? That's the one that always got me. I was like, what? They look like they just came off the mountain. They're going for a pre-ski, but they're on the island. What? Where did they go skiing? They're obviously... All right. Thanks, background extra. Thanks, central casting, for getting us skiers to be in the background. Oh, the language of film. I am moderately bummed that I never got to go to this coffee shop. I feel like we've I've talked about this before, but I found the I found the location years ago. I actually this is the LA, LA location now, right? We're we're back in Los Angeles yep. here, aren't we? Yeah. Found the found the street, and the you know they they turned a like a tailor shop right there behind uh, uh, Egon. They set up like a you know a New York style magazine stand and covered the storefront with uh, you know the plastic because uh, New York's got tons of that that plastic. Uh, drop plastic and all that to kind of vaguely shield the uh, produce and flowers and all that from the cold outside. And uh, so found the location, but behind them there, instead of the parking lot and the coffee shop, it's it's a, you know, like a single story or two story. I can't remember now how big it is. It's not very tall, but a tiny little shopping mall kind of. 
And is it still thing. standing there? Because downtown LA is and uh, you the we've turnover is ridiculous. I think we've talked about this. I think it, somebody was saying that, that may even be now be gone. Like that even may have been. Torn I, down, I think so. I'll have to double check your your article because I think you know downtown LA is uh, well. Point in case the firehouse uh, number twenty three that we saw earlier, uh, where the birthday party was happening, and we will mm. be seeing again later once we return to the Ghostbusters firehouse. Uh, being revamped and turning into a, an art center for kids. And that's Skid Row. That's the, that was sort of avoided all costs and now is sort of becoming this up and coming area because the area surrounding it is, has totally changed. But, uh, yeah, well, and it's cheap, right? It's uh, gentrification. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. it's not that far away from the, the convention center. Right. The Staples yeah. Center and those two together started forcing cleanup and takeover of their surrounding areas. And in the years I used to go to E3, the first time there used to be a parking lot across the street. I think possibly I talked to somebody about it. Maybe it was you and maybe it was on an episode, but talking about <laughs> the God Games uh, party where they took over a p- entire parking lot and they had like a, a penthouse pets or whatever dressed up as mm. as catholic school girls and they had mini kiss and all this it was just video game excess and then they went out of business because that's what video game excess does <laughs> spending to spending a whole lot of money there it's a uh, it's a uh, apartments and condos now uh and that's again just kind of pushes to clean up a couple of blocks closer to where the fire hall is so the thing is is that gentrification happens where property is cheap and property's cheap there so give it another five ten years and it'll probably they'll have managed to push everybody somewhere else. <laughs> It'll happen again. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's, let's talk about really quick. I know it's, it's behind us now, but that, that shot of Vigo where Vigo starts talking to Janos and we've now, Whoa! we've seen, uh, I think it's uh, William Forsh. Who's, who showed us that video uh, of them shooting head to toe Vigo of the painting coming to life and him kind of walking uh, yeah. away from, uh, the background and stepping out into the space. And I guess, you know, Ivan Reitman didn't think that it worked that well and they had to go back to the drawing board and, and design this floating head thing at the very last minute. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought that was part of that big Glenn Etchinson article. Oh yeah, that was it. Maybe it was the Glenn Etchinson article. Yeah. There was, there was definitely that article was a clearly stamping who did what sort of thing. Right. And they covered a lot of that. And there is footage of it too. Like him's in the end, the photo, those photos of him live were also the reference used for the painting. Cause of course you need to have the painting right. to haul around. They're doing and, like that living portrait kind of thing where it looked like he, they, they designed the painting and everything so that it looked like it was two dimensional, but it was him standing there and they could then sort of cheat it that way. But I guess it, yeah. I guess the effect didn't work, huh? I guess, which is a shame because that, as ambitious, no bozos. No bozos. I really want to. Someday um, we're going to talk to Bo Welch, the production designer of this, and be like, dude, what's the deal with the no bozos? No bozos. Somebody tell us, is that your stamp? Is that like your number seven uh, that you got to get in there everywhere? There's at least two. Well, now we just got to go watch his other movies and see. Um, What were we talking about before this? Oh, the Glenn Etchinson thing. That, That shot would be amazing now with the computers to clean out. You know what I mean? Like they could have yeah, set up the frame up and, yeah. and and built, built you know, like a tiny 3D set for him to stand in. And then you actually could have had camera movements and just had the computer clean out the background like 
So you're as long as you're looking into it, it's 3D and it moves three. You know, not pop off the screen 3D, but yeah. it has depth and dimension. And when you move, things move in relation to one another. But as as you move further around it, sort of thing, there's nothing behind it, sort of thing. Like that's kind of I think how they envisioned it. And the only time we ever, you ever see that is just digital effects stuff. I don't know that anybody's. I I mean, and that, I, because the reason I bring it up is, and it's it's funny that you went directly to that is, yeah, if they did that now, it'd just be a CG shot and they could put, See? he could morph Troy. out of the thing and. Look, Troy, she can <laughs> open the door and it's going to have a Christmas ribbon on it because it's Christmas time. <laughs> Troy. It's very subtle. It's very. Oh, but I would. Um, See, the lights outside are red because it's Christmas time. and <laughs> Which is another weird thing, like. Yeah, emergency the, lights the are redness. red. Are emergency lights red? And I always thought they just had the white floodlights. It was it would be dark it darker, but it would just uh, yeah, be it casting would just be those, floodlight. I wonder if they did that just to show maybe the power's out, but we can't. We don't want to have full blackout. Uh, Again, yeah, that could be movie thing where people are yeah. like, does this read as the power's out? We only saw her wandering around in the dark with a candle a minute ago. <laughs> You know, well, it's that old thing where if, uh, you know, the air conditioning's on, you got to tie ribbons to the air conditioning vent so that people understand that there's air coming out of it. Like, <laughs> I think we, we all know that air is coming out of yeah. the vent, right? See, ribbon, Christmas time. A red <sighs> and black ribbon, thanks to the red lights. Um, this Dana's got a dark side. It's that whole I Zool love this thing. effect. This effect, I absolutely love. It has to be practical, right? Yeah, well, yeah, and again, tying back to what kind of what I was talking about is this would be a totally different movie if they would have made Underwear it three ad. years later. You're welcome, ladies. <laughs> on a front and center on a bus, probably on unintentional. A bus. Hey, um, I, you know, I, I just feel like because you've got Jurassic Park, which is right around the corner, ninety two, and then of course the summer of eighty nine was super crowded if going back to that uh, rolling stone article you had batman and indiana jones and star trek and ghostbusters and just movie after movie after movie but these were the last of the movies that were photochemically done for uh, for visual effects so well remember though they did have the vigo pop out yeah yeah that but that's that still is th- i mean that that th- was a digital composite though well that wasn't that wasn't a, a fully cg no shot because yeah. like i said well jurassic park is where they stretched it to its limit but remember around this time uh would have been uh young sherlock holmes right yeah him fighting the skeletons and the the glass the stained glass the, oh that's uh, right the stained knight. glass yeah i was thinking jason and the argonauts yeah 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 um <clears throat> What else? Lawnmower Man. Like everybody took the technology and stretched it but, to its max in a different but way. Just, uh, like Lawnmower Man was 91, I want to say, yep. just literally right around the corner from this movie. So, <laughs> so like that shot of the, the Van Horn transit with the river of slime, that's all optical and that's a yep. matte painting oh, and yep, a miniature yep. and just, it's all beautiful. I just, I love, I mean, and not, not demeaning against any of the CG stuff because everything that they do is so elaborate and so detailed, but you know, when you have to set this up and shoot it in a camera some way, somehow, uh, you got to do some trickery, which I, I tip my cap to. Yeah. Well, we've talked about this before. There's kind of a tip coming in the industry because there are effects houses that are going back to, uh, at the end of the day, if you want like 
you know, a fully realized, I don't know, werewolf that transforms in front of you and moves around and all that, you're going to have to go 3D sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but that's, that is because people don't have to think within like constraints like, uh, you know, Landis and uh, uh, what's his name did on American Werewolf where they couldn't do that. So they said, okay, well, here's, you know, here's the arm distorting all these standing out. Here's punch-ins. the punch uh, Rick Baker, I think you're talking about, right? Rick Baker, Rick thank ba- you. Yeah. So you, you, yeah, you, you sell it in bits and pieces and, but because it's a physical object, it kind of reads better to people. But yeah, I think we're, I think we're heading back towards a, a mix of practical and sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I got distracted. There's a, there's a YouTube series. Uh, what's the guy's name? Yeah. But it, for the long and the short of it is he's a, a lawyer and he, uh, he reviews, legal stuff in movies and television oh, for, that's funny. for his audience. Pro- procedure and things that you get away oh, with in yeah. movies that you cannot get away with in real life. Yeah. Uh, amazingly, his highest score, as far as I can tell, uh, for for uh, realistic uh, uh, courtroom stuff, you'll never guess. Legal my Cousin Eagles. Vinny. Oh, no. My Cousin Vinny. Oh, my okay. Cousin Vinny. Because it, and actually it turned out as uh, he's, he's uh, the guy who wrote the screenplay was a lawyer. Oh, so well, when see, he wrote it, he knew exactly what to do. And everybody else, everybody else, it turns into the Mitchell on Web sketch about <laughs> about the two the two screenwriters that can't be bothered to research on their stuff. Yeah, you know, like, this man died from too much electrics. Like was just, what? <laughs> well, I I feel like Ivan Reitman has a particular affinity for courtroom scenes. I mean, obviously, Legal Eagles. My joke aside, uh, your joke aside. Ghostbusters 2, courtroom scene, uh, yep. evolution, courtroom scene, courtroom Dave, scene. courtroom scene. Uh, uh, what else has had a, a courtroom scene? He's had a, uh, Stripes does not have one. Is this Meatballs a standing, this is a standing set somewhere or did they shoot inside a courtroom? Uh, no, this is actually, this is a set that was used for another movie. Um, oh shoot. And the name of the movie is escaping me because it, I mean, one for one, they had built it for that particular movie, which was a courtroom drama. Um, and you can see it. Well, shoot. Uh, for the next time we do Ghostbusters 2 commentary, I will remember <laughs> what that movie was. Because the, the pillars and the columns and things like that, you you can definitely see. Uh, Ghostbusters 2 swept in and, and shot right before they, they tore this set down. They tore, which, which is fantastic. It also goes to show how we like to be armchair you know, box office analysts and all that. And there's so much we just don't know, right? Like how much did this production save by leasing it from another production? And how much did that other production get to write off its, (laughs) you know what I mean? Off (laughs) its books. I I mean, I would imagine uh, Ghostbusters 2 was the sole benefactor, uh, whereas the production whose name escapes me that this particular courtroom was built for, uh, th- they probably didn't get any kickback. I, the only thing uh-huh. that they probably they their construction people to tear the set down. They probably didn't have to pay for those those union guys to tear everything down and all of the the waste and stuff. But uh, it's a beautiful yeah. courtroom set. It's I mean you can look up and everything. Yeah, well, you can tell that, uh, <laughs> that this was built for a movie that was going to take place entirely in a courtroom, and and then here comes uh, ILM. They're going to destroy that, and they're going to break. <laughs> yeah, I love the the balsa wood effect of <laughs> yeah. tables that get thrown and broken. Um, I got to watch from the sidelines of a uh, uh, that 
uh, Dead Zone TV show because that was shot here in town. And they had a courtroom bit, and it was always hilarious because, again, the, being a TV show, they had to build it up just for you know, the one episode and then tore it back yeah. down again. So yeah, no, no ceiling, no, nothing. It was just <laughs> everything up to like nine feet and then done. Please don't point the camera up. <laughs> yeah. Don't but show this one, seven feet or higher. Uh, otherwise you this, see nothing. This was obviously a movie, a movie, uh, and they spent a lot of time in there and it was. Yeah. And, oh. and then, uh, the Ghostbusters two crew, uh, brought in the pyro and they tore out part of the ceiling so that they could get a wire gag in there and, uh, but they they did the demolition for them uh, oh, yeah. naturally here. If you're going to destroy it, anyways. Uh, now, okay, so so some of the criticisms that we hear for Ghostbusters too, and this is this is one that seems to always come up: the Do Ray Egon gag. Uh, also, mm-hmm. two in the box, ready to go. We'd be fast and they'd be slow. Uh, that Ghostbusters two is trying too hard for a catchphrase. That's that's one of the criticisms that I see. Like all the time. Oh, they they were trying to get everybody to be saying Do Re Egon. They were trying to get everybody to say uh, nimble little minx, ain't she? Like they were trying they were they were forcibly trying to make the movie quotable, I guess is, is the criticism that I, I see and I hear. Um, yeah. do you get that sense? I, I have never really felt that, but then the more people that I talk to that they say, Well, who who would say that in real life? Um Nobody. I don't know. It's not a natural line of dialogue. But then again, in the first movie, there weren't a whole lot of natural. I mean, it was all Bill Murray improvising, so yeah. that's about as natural as it gets. But well, and his lines are the one that everybody picks up on, right? <laughs> as right. Phrases. I assume that this that little bit was done as a. This is just how comfortable. Like this is this is a um, to contrast with the an, another reason to because remember they peel Winston out, and it's just back to the core three. And they're busting a ghost together. Uh, and so it's just supposed to harken back to that first uh, bust in the first movie. Only in that one, they're like, you know, scared stiff. They don't know what they're doing. They're kind of guessing on the spot. This one, they're yelling, you know, instructions back and forth. And, you know, like Egon. And Egon's like, <laughs> yeah, like he's halfway there. Yeah. And, and yeah, they're just kind of lighthearted about it. Like, that that was my assumption. So that it's, could it's, be wrong. Uh, yeah, it's... it's uh, d- Old old union guys coming back to work, uh, and they they remember all of the the <coughs> stuff that they did. I guess that that makes sense. That was my take on it. I yeah I, I it was kind of the real Ghostbusters effect to me. I I, I guess you know in, in real Ghostbusters they were saying this kind of stuff all the time. So it, I guess it just felt natural that yeah they're they've got their own phrases and their own like two in the box ready to go. Yeah, so that's something that they've done before, you know. Um, Man, they even had to do the hallway outside. <laughs> what was that basil? What kind of plants you got there? It's certainly not uh, a poinsettia or a holiday themed. No. Now, now Janine, I could see not having holiday decorations. Oh, split second, you saw Santa across the street underneath the sign. <laughs> the worst of it is. They paid that guy. They yeah, paid exactly. that guy, and we saw his his butt <laughs> for like six frames before the camera panned up. Put them in hats. So the progress of time here going. Yeah, closer to closer to Christmas. 
but no actual Christmas. Like that's the strange part. Like there's no. Yeah, they really do. They gloss over. We go from Christmas to, I mean, the the, the kind of wonder thing, wonderful thing about Ghostbusters too is that it all takes place within the span of maybe a week or two. You know, if if we're gearing up to Christmas here, it's almost the 25th, and then we completely gloss over Christmas happened. So you've got six, seven days where everything else has happened here. And there's no, there's no real talk of like, you know, what, what do they do? Like, we never really get to see much in, like this one opened up a bit. Here's Egon, the academic, here's Ray, you know, as the the inventorate, you know, entrepreneur, occultist. And here's Peter as, you know, doesn't want to, doesn't want a hard job. (laughs) Uh, We get no sense of what Winston's doing other than he's just kind of side cashing with, uh, with Ray on stuff. But no real, like, what did they, you know, what did they do? What did they do? For, what did they do for Christmas? Did they all get together? Did they, like, I, I don't yeah. know. Kind was, of an was there a lost. Christmas celebration at the firehouse in the midst of all this? And, and did they? Hey, hey, uh, Dan Shoning and Eric Burnham, we got a, <laughs> we got a, a short story for yeah. you guys to do up. The Christmas that was never seen. What happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, There's Robin Shelby. There we go. Yeah, we've we've got this is our I think our second view now of of Slimer here, right? Ah, this montage is so great. So, oh, here's my holy grail because I don't think we've seen footage from it, uh, Chris. That scene where uh, Ray is driving the Ecto One A completely crazily, and they they cut to Peter. He yep. makes that face like, "Oh my God, what's he doing?" That whole scene that's in the now comics adapta- adaptation of him saying, "I'm gonna kill everybody," where he's possessed yeah. by Vigo. We haven't seen any more of that, right? Just what's in the montage here is the only the only footage of that that's crept out into the wild. Yeah, that's all I've ever seen. Um, and we know they again, shot some of it. It's also another uh, out of sequence. Right. Because it's supposed to come after them going to the the museum and Ray kind of vaguely thrall, you know, falls under Vigo's thrall. Yeah, hey, you okay? You coming down with something? Yeah. So, but you take the cake. <laughs> it's always the quiet ones there. <laughs> There's one of the quotes. And actually yeah. that one, that one's a written one and that one goes to, um, to Ernie Hudson. So well done, Ernie. Yeah. They're, they're feeding Ernie some good lines here, which I know was, was one of his uh, critiques about the first movie was that any, any of the funny lines, uh, and, and he's, he's always very good natured about it. He's like, you know, they shared, uh, all of the funny lines and they gave me a few things, but you know, it's. It's it's obvious that they're the comedians and they're taking all of the funny stuff, but they they really fed him some good stuff in Ghostbusters Two here. Yep. Well, he's got a much bigger part, except for the like the like I said. This is why I think the courtroom scene was deliberately designed to to harken back to the. You know what I mean? I don't think yeah, he necessarily read that way for one. people. Yeah. But I think that was the intention was to take it back to the the, the original three, busting a. And you know this is Ghostbusters two, so there's two ghosts instead of just one. But yeah, but they're they're in the in the original movie it was amateur hour, but in this particular one they're uh, seasoned pros. They got it down. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I've seen Dan Schoening put those uh, those clown ice cream cone uh, the box that's on top of the refrigerator no. back there <laughs> that I feel like Classic. all of us had at Classic. some point. Classic. Um, yeah, Dan. What are you, you sloughing? Come on, man. Uh, Anovos is designing the dancing toaster to be coming out in 2019. Everybody get ready. 
I just made that up. That would be funny <laughs> if Anovos was selling dancing toasters, though. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think I'd buy that, actually. I would, too. I would totally buy that. I I wonder, this what? particular prop has to exist somewhere, and I wonder if it uh, <clears throat> if people know that it's the remote-controlled dancing toaster with that giant cable that's obviously being used to puppeteer the, the toaster. No, I bet you it's sitting in a box somewhere. Toaster, circa 1984. Now, was that, that was back in the, the LA Fire Hall. Yeah, that was, that's Fire Hall. That's uh, the second floor of Firehouse 23, Fire Station why, 23, yeah. By the way, I found out by accident here when I was going through uh, the cast and all this. Uh, this is, this guy's uh, gentleman's name, we've talked about before, Walt Flanagan. Oh, that's right. Yeah, uh, the security guard guy is Walt Flanagan, right? But if you search on Rotten Tomatoes, they've attributed it to uh, <laughs> Kevin Smith's Walt Flanagan. <laughs> it's got his headshot. It's Tell like, him, no, Steve, Dave. I had a very exciting couple of minutes where I went, oh, my God, was he one of the kids at the party or something? And uh, then I realized what had happened, and I went, no, boy. Well, I think we've we've called out a couple of times uh, in our previous commentary, uh, not Al Franken at the beginning of the movie, not all of the the – misconceptions of people that make cameos in this movie that that's, yeah, they, that's not actually them. There's somebody later on, one of the, the revelers that I think they think is like Eric Idle or something. Like it's just, no, no, no. no it's it's just, just a punk rock dude in 1989. Yeah. Or 88, I guess more appropriately. Exactly. Where, do you remember where they filmed the interiors of the museum? I know that the, the exteriors are the customs house that's down there on the, the very Southern, part of Manhattan that's closest to uh, to Liberty Island, but wh- the interiors of the museum were where? Do you remember? No, I do not. It was somebody's mansion, wasn't it? It was It was some private residence, I thought. Like, this that is somebody's be. house. Wow. Well, you got one up on me on that one here. Ghostbusters Museum. <laughs> Bit of a sissy, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, and it could be a combination. I bet some of this was soundstage. Obviously, that final battle, uh, that little courtyard that they set up for the battle with Vigo, that was a soundstage. But uh, like that that shot where Peter is talking to the, uh, hey, World of the Psychic security guard, Walt Flanagan, that, I feel like that was somebody's house or library or something. Uh <sighs> I'm calling Derek Osborne. Let's see. What time is it in? Uh, uh, it's only one o'clock in the morning. His the time. National Happy New Muse- Year, Derek. <laughs> National Museum of the American Indian from U.S. Custom House Bowling Green, Manhattan, New York. So that's the exterior. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the they exterior. They shot the slime and all that outside. Uh, but the interior was somewhere. Eh, maybe I'm lying. Maybe it was a full-scale replica. Of part of the museum was constructed inside a soundstage in Burbank Studios. Ah. Oh, oh but it says was constructed in order to have the slime ooze from the mortar joints. Okay, so that's again that's a replica of the exterior. Right. Right. Okay. So although that just says to do the yeah. Okay, it's possible that they did the inside then too. Hmm. Yeah, maybe it is all a. a- you're not thinking of the the old uh, governor's mansion or whatever that they used no, for the yeah the Gracie Mansion is uh, oh shoot yeah it's 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 a popular it's a, a wedding destination here in L A that uh, 
uh, you can go film at. Floating Oscar in the museum took some doing. Chuck Gaspar's crew made a p- shout out to uh, Ghostbusters.fandom.com, by the way, for their wiki here. Um, yeah, they had to do a rig to float the baby, which is something that's easier done inside a soundstage than. Uh, I feel like I've seen I've seen a behind the scenes photo of that somewhere. Maybe it's in the visual history. It looks like it's an arm, like the baby is up on an arm. Kind of like a jib uh, lever looking lever looking thing. Um, there's actually there's a lot of really great behind the scenes photos in that visual history. If you if you haven't mm-hmm. seen it before, I think that's yeah. where the the great one of the crew running after the uh, the the baby carriage from the beginning of the movie. That's where that particular one came from. <laughs> what the hell is this shit? The the one kind of muttered swear word that we were able to get into Ghostbusters too. Yeah, um, it's funny. It, it reminded me somebody was pointing out in uh, Galaxy Quest. Um, uh, Sigourney <laughs> Weaver has a bit where she says, uh, "You know, like forget this." Yeah, and you can quite obviously tell that she's dropping some F's and, and, and S's. A little bit of ADR helped that one out. Yeah, it reminds me back to the first one where it's very subtle and it's very quick. But uh, where Peter, uh, his line about, you know, she says, you know, that's the bedroom, but nothing ever happened in there. <laughs> I still contend that it looks like he's saying not yet or something, which is why she has like a... That look. Yeah. That weird look. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, thing. that they, they dropped a line of dialogue there that was a little too forward. A even little too for forward for the... Uh, um, was that the jacket, by the way, you're in love with? Uh, not, yes. Not, yes. not Ray's. Peter's. Yeah, not Ray. No, these these uh, these caps I love because this is also showing the progression of their technology from the first to the second movie. That that would have been a colander in the uh, first movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no that that jacket that Peter uh, was sleeping on the couch in that like green trench coat. That's that's a that, good one. It's it's such oh. a '90s thing. Nobody can get away with those anymore. But uh, oh, those 400 by whatever 225 <laughs> resolution screens. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Uh, precursor to Twitter where you can only get 140 characters on one screen. <laughs> Back when uh, Hollywood didn't have to to stylize or fake what computer stuff yeah. looks like for it to read better, better for people because that's all they could get out of it. I could spend the rest of my life staring at screenshots of Peter's apartment, to be honest. Like that wire chair. Oh, the- man. It, it's a it's a set dex uh, dream come true slash nightmare because I bet the continuity on this thing was t- whole holy god how many Polaroids must exist of this particular set just to make sure that nothing moved and was out of place and he's got so much yeah and he's got like these weird like it's a it's such a hodgepodge of stuff. Like there's that big silver uh, lamp, the floor stand lamp. lamp. Yeah. The the his desk lamp from the first movie is in here somewhere. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, it's kind of over there next to the uh, newspaper. Uh, yeah, in the corner where they also have like a replica bust of the uh, Statue of Liberty and all that. Like, just they knew it was just gonna be a cluttered space, so they just put stuff in to. <laughs> I love. Yeah, we need to make it look like Peter is a complete mess. That he just he has. No sense of uh, organization or of uh, just clutter it up, clutter it up as much as you can. And yet, here are all of these like super cool collectory item, like Art Deco 
Like it should be, yeah, right there on his nightstand, the beer bottles and the, uh, I think that's like popcorn buckets, maybe chicken buckets. I'm not sure yeah. what those are. The, the late fifties, early sixties, that ceramic dancing couple just, uh, oh, here we go. The lobby scene and deleted Egon scene was filmed at the Alexander Hamilton U.S. Custom House at one Bowling Green in lower Manhattan. Oh. But the restoration room scenes were filmed in California. Aha. So again, that, well, that either does mean Burbank or somebody's place. But they also say, if, I don't know if you can see it here or not, but um, in the montage where they come out with the the Santa hats, that's across the street from here. Yeah. It's tough because so, yeah. this this whole area of Manhattan has changed so much. Even even the outside of the customs house, they've kind of redesigned and refurbished. And uh, when I when I was there, I don't know, like two years ago, like the the columns outside uh, have changed a little bit. And yeah. um, but that is a good jacket. I I admit it's a cool jacket, right? My wife disagrees every time. I'm like I want Peter's jacket. She's like, come on. You also and want I Steve act- Martin's shoes and Father of the Bride. Don't do it. And so I actually have a shirt. Uh, very similar to Venkman's there. So yes, the plaid is back. That plaid woman back. has very large eyebrows. <laughs> she that has contrast, very dark and large eyebrows. Yeah. Contrast heavily with her her dyed bowl cut. Uh, so I'm not uh, hair shaming her because that is full on. Oh know, no, late no, 80s, just, early 90s. Uh, it was the, of the time there. Yeah, uh, I love I'm Peter just McNichol glad they in this particular the shoulder pads. <laughs> Yeah, for a period of time. Yeah, look at that check. Like, that's a beautiful sh- I want his shirt. I yeah. actually have a shirt very similar to that, just by accident. Not so much uh, Janos's, because that is yeah, very of the time 80s. And I'm surprised he's not wearing, like, a bolo tie or something with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Button up to the top like that? He needs a bolo tie. He needs, yeah, he needs <laughs> something. Uh, eh, actually, it's recently- not too bad. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> keeps, I keep stepping the, on the your The lattice, <laughs> his, like... His his apple pie lattice uh, shirt there is funny. Like, that, oh. If they if they built that in Burbank, that is big though. It's, it's huge. That's why I thought it was or some museum here. I don't know. I have to, that I'll I'll dig that up uh, for the next commentary too. Tune in uh, three years <laughs> from now when we do another commentary <laughs> for us to answer these questions to our own conversations here. Yeah, and that doesn't read as fake floor. No, that's, I mean, it's, that's like a fine marble work or a really good vinyl print. <laughs> like, I, there's no way. Thank you. Um, yeah, okay, so as you were alluding to, after this scene is where we should have seen uh, Ray almost killing the Ghostbusters uh, in the car. Ray's wild ride. Uh, for those of you who not are not aware, the uh, that weird silver thing that Ray was holding, that was a 35mm panoramic hit. Santa, see? There's a Santa <laughs> hidden in the corner, because although we all know Peter leaves him there all year round. I was going to say, um, Peter probably doesn't move that Santa Claus that's behind the door. But between that yeah. and the like the silver, again, the 60s uh, silver tinsel artificial tree. There's a lot of coding to sell you on the idea that this is around Christmas time. Um, what was I babbling about? Oh, that that was a 35 mm panoramic, panoramic camera. camera. Um, and it's just kind of amazing. Like, and they were expensive. Like I remember like 97, 98, they were still manufacturing them and selling them because uh, 
even though people were starting to do digital panorama stuff, you still had to do it in film and then scan the film and, you know, high-end computing to stitch it all together and all that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, now we just do it with our phone. Our our phone tells us to move it's, slower yeah. so it can get a beautiful panoramic shot. Uh, I, I, now I'm just paying attention to all of the set decoration in Peter's apartment. I love the, like, microfiche monitor with the stuffed uh, taxidermy turtle on top of it. <laughs> yeah. Somewhere over here is his lamp from the... Uh... You saw the uh, the Liberty uh, Statue of Liberty arm torch uh, lamp that I believe uh, belonged to the late uh, Michael Gross after this particular film. That was what he took with him. Yeah. See, All okay, the... here, another prime example. We need to show that the suitcase is full, so Peter there it is. left... There it is. There's the lamp. She just walked past it oh, between oh, them. Oh, yeah. Right outside yeah. the door. That's the it? lamp yeah, from his I desk. See it right there. Those, I, uh, I always keep making a note of the name. It's actually a... They, they're on eBay, and people fight over them, man. They are... Uh, I'm sure it's... Uh, especially if they're vintage, if that's something that, you know... It's like, like the... I'm pouring myself chairs. a New Year's drink. <clears throat> oh, do it. Uh, let's see. Let me, uh, let's see if I can figure out a countdown here. Let's see. We're 55 minutes in. Uh, we're, we're getting close. We're getting pretty close here, everybody. No, I don't say this to be creepy, but she has beautiful collarbones, right? It's not just me. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, Sigourney Weaver has like such defined features, her, her face, her cheekbones. Yeah. You can see why she was a model, right? You, yeah. You would not mistake Sigourney Weaver for somebody else. She's not going to blend into a crowd. Ah, I love that establishing shot of the hook and ladder number eight that we just shot that just flew by. Wish we yep. could watch more of that. Oh, oh, I never realized he's got the Omni on the, behind his desk now on the wall there. Oh, really? Yeah. Like uh, we, I noticed in his apartment, like the USA Today and uh, what was it, Time or whatever. Yeah, his. Ghost, by the uh, way, by the way, I would like to point out. I know everybody, and you're one of them, likes to think that the first movie is kind of condensed into a two week period. They got some major coverage <laughs> in a ridiculous. <laughs> Let's just say there's no reason national magazines would have uh, been able to put the. <laughs> Yeah. Some covers there. there. There's a pretty decent passage of time there during that montage in the first movie. Whereas this mm. this particular movie, the montage is a, a couple weeks, a week, maybe. Yes, that. very, very short. Yeah. Red again, because they're in the dark. They're in the dark room. Well, at least the dark room, it makes sense that they've got the red light uh, going. I own one of these. One of these uh, photos that they're looking One at. One of these photos, yes. Ah, is it is it a, an original or a reprint? Uh, no, it's got the ILM Ghostbusters two stamp and date oh. on the back. Wow. Now that's not to say I can swear that it was used in the movie. Uh, it may it may be that they made a bunch of them, but it is it is yeah it's actually it's that size it's um, it's on the photo paper you can see all that and. Huh. That's a cool thing to have. I, yeah, I, I figured they were all destroyed in two seconds here when everything catches fire. Uh, well, that's I now that you mentioned it, that's a very good <laughs> argument for my uh, wh my why mine wasn't screen used. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I was gonna say for for all productions, they've got five hundred of these things here. 
but uh, yeah, I ended up with one of them. So that's uh, uh, the, very pleased. The the movie magic here. The uh, the portraits have a lot of um, flammable oil on them in one shot right before they they catch fire. You're like, wow, that picture is very soaking wet. Oh, it catches fire. Oh, I got it. Well, photos when you take them out of the developing chemicals are soft. Yeah, wet. that that fixer. But uh, when they're looking at them, they're pretty dry, and then all of a sudden they get Look, they get Troy. a little bit of. Propane. Trees hey, oh, with lights because uh, it's Christmas, Troy. Did we just miss it? This is the Ecto-2 shot, isn't it? Where you see on the uh, the license plate that it says Ecto-2. I don't want to risk going back because I don't want to screw up our <sighs> sink here. But Oh, I flubbed it. Oh, wait. No, I could try running it on my second device here, but... <laughs> Can you pull up a can you pull up a fourth screen so that I'm pretty sure it's the enhance. all you can enhance, enhance. the Ecto enhance. two shot is is this particular one when they pull up in their all you can eat rib night at Sizzler uh, outfits. Boy, if we ever have to do like a commentary where people are counting on us, we we may have to bring <laughs> notes. We'll actually script it out. We'll script it out. Yeah. I, so the the wonderful thing about this particular scene is uh, if you've got the newest Blu-ray set, not the 4K edition, which doesn't have any of the special features, but the newest Blu-ray set that has all of the deleted scenes from Ghostbusters 2 on it, uh, seeing the alternative of this particular scene, well, now we're in the uh, tunnel, but uh, where, you know, Peter and, and Dana are going out on their date and the guys are in the hallway like they're inside the apartment and they open up the door and the guys are in the hallway. It's just, it's a totally different. Uh, I'm glad they reshot this. I'm glad they used this particular version where they're outside. It just, it didn't, it felt like a totally different movie. It felt like, you know, uh, in the original Ninja Turtles movie from uh, whatever that was, 91, where, where all four of the Ninja Turtles are in a hallway and you're like, why are you framing them through this door? Why you have all this money? Why are you shooting through a doorway into a hallway? Give, give your movie some scope. Hey. Hey. Hello. Uh, this was obviously, this one is complete movie magic. Well, oh yeah. Uh, one 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 of the sound stages they just built track lights and from the top. Everything falls to to black here. To dark, yeah. yeah. So all okay, all of these heads that are on the pikes uh they have what, to have been from other movies, right? I was going to say they have to be like if if that's one of those things where you could have been on set and and the the prosthetics guy was like, "Oh, this was a mask from Hellraiser and this was a dummy from whatever movie. There's no way that those were all unique. That those those had to have been. No, they just they recycle this stuff all the yeah. time, right? Like, I would like to take this opportunity. You can kind of see you can kind of see the background behind them, and it does look like iron girders. So they do put a little bit of something around them, but I mean, it's it's just a corridor shot. I mean, they could have. They yep. could have also filmed this in. We I mean, here in LA, we actually do have a, a lot of abandoned uh, railway lines. They could have filmed it in those ones that are under uh, downtown LA. Oh, that's true. We'll just have to ask Ivan Reitman. Let me call Ivan Reitman on New Year's Eve at uh, eleven p.m. here, and I yeah, like I have Ivan Reitman's. Number. Oh yeah, look, there's wall. 
Huh. Yeah. It's po- or it's possible that it was a, a a building that they repurposed. They put the rails down onto it. That's true. You could put the rails up against the wall. Yeah. That I mean, that could just be warehouse wall for all. It's very tall for a tunnel. Tunnels are very constrained, and this is quite tall. Who knows? Uh, well, earlier, I was gonna I was gonna it. shout out to the people that uh, cosplay in these particular costumes. I, I really <laughs> like Ron Daniels is one of the standouts. I know he always does it, but yeah, like the yellow coat and the the pink uh, kitchen cleaning gloves and see that's the it's other reason why I kind of doubt this this location. It's like we don't have a good place for Ray to pop out of. <laughs> Fine, just have him step out from behind the camera. Off camera, yeah. <laughs> what, I think that's that's Ivan Reitman trying to do a jump scare, but not a jump scare. It's I mean no. I know Ivan Reitman has the the horror gene in his body. He can scare yep. people when he wants you to. You know but. the HD copy I'm looking at now, going back to them coming down the stairs there, you can see the line in the mat shot. Oh, can you really? Yeah, I mean it's running down, but there's a color difference. There's, I mean, we've seen those mat, the matte paintings, you can look them up online and actually see what they looked like. Uh, and, and one of these arches, uh, just sold at an auction, uh, yep. not, not too long ago as well as, as a miniature, but. That one composite shot there where you have them standing by the river slime, the river slime, and then the tunnel, that's three different elements. Yeah. And it goes together beautifully. Somewhere, I want to say it's in the the Ghostbusters Two EPK where you can see them filming a little bit of this, and they're just they've got pink lights on the guys. They're standing on a yeah. platform, and they've got pink lights uh, pink shining lights, in their face, and and they're jumping onto foam right there. Yeah, they jump into a stunt pad. Shout out to where is he here? Is that him? Oh, is that uh, his head, Mr. Peter Mosen. Mr. Peter Mosen, right in the background there. Yeah, we'll see him in a second. And he uh, is sitting with, um, is it Joe Medjuk's wife? He's yes, sitting with. I believe so. With someone else near and dear to the production. Now this is a, this is a restaurant here in Los Angeles, uh, that I do not believe exists anymore, but don't quote me on it. Uh, but this was actually the last, the very last thing that Sigourney Weaver filmed before she wrapped out on the film. Again, hat hmm. tip to that Rolling Stone article that I just happened to read, uh, earlier this week. <laughs> They have a really great re- – so, you know, Bill Murray is razzing her about uh, being a double Oscar nominee because of uh, Gorillas in the Mist and uh, – was it Working Girl? What was the other one that she was nominated for? Yes, it was Working Girl, wasn't it? Um, so, you know, uh, really putting the pressure on her not to flub her scenes because she's a double Oscar nominee. I, You know – even in Dan Aykroyd's interviews, all that they ever talk about is the chemistry between Bill and Sigourney in this movie. And I 100% agree. The two of them, I mean, it's, it, it's, this is a romantic comedy. This is, uh, I don't think people were expecting to go see Ghostbusters 2 and see uh, Peter Vankman redeeming himself with Dana Barrett. Yeah. Or Lewis Tully hooking up. <laughs> I'm I'm also jealous of the separation there in Peter's flat for his bedroom with the like those glass windows and stuff. That's so cool. Okay, see now I need to Photoshop a couple of shots of Lewis Tully here because if Lewis Tully had like a mustache with the curled edges and a hipster beard, 
that outfit <laughs> would be fine. Because look at the, the slicked hair. <laughs> And then slicked hair, married to nerd glasses, oh, married to woodsman's beard with a mustache that that is waxed and curled at the edge, and orange He's, turtleneck, yeah. orange turtleneck with this with the with the retro nerdy, sw- yeah, yeah. I see these guys walking around Atwater Village uh, every day, basically. Yeah, but he he do, he needs a little facial hair, and little then facial hair, one hundred percent, and and he has to be holding some sort of a like artisan coffee in his hand as well. Uh, so this I famously, and we mentioned in the last, uh, the last commentary, but this is famously uh, a shot where these guys were freezing. They're in exterior of New York city in the middle of the winter covered in this, uh, what is it? Meth, methacine, meth, okay. like disgusting, Met- horrible methyl cellulose, methacellulose that just absorbs cold. Uh, By and the they way, shoot I'm, this. I'm going to interrupt you, uh, because, uh, as I've been told many times by my, uh, calendar obsessed son, it's not winter until December 21st. <laughs> okay. So they're uh, shooting, tell, tell shooting the in the New Yorkers York in fall. the three below zero, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, it's I've, fall I've, right now. I've had, I've had a little discussion with him about that, but he's adamant. <laughs> there he is. Peter Mosen. Oh yeah, right in the foreground there. Yeah, yeah. He's got a, listen. He's got a real, real solid shot there of him. Before I have to get to snooty, you don't think the Mater D would have put up more of a fight there? Anyway, uh, so so anyway, so yeah, so they shot that whole thing of the guys coming out of the uh, the sub or the subway slash uh, sewer, and uh, the there was a problem with the camera, and they had to shoot it again. They had to reset yeah. everything and go back to one and do it again and. Uh, I know it was pretty miserable for those guys, but again, Ernie Hudson is the only, he usually downplays it. He's like, yeah, it was fine. Whatever. And then you would Oof. hear interviews with Harold and Danny be like, it was freezing. I hated it. Can't believe I was so angry. Oh God, these outfits <laughs> again. Okay. So look at his, like the thin, the thin knot and that silvery tie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty late eighties. She looks fine. Oh yeah, I, she she's. I mean, again, this is something my her, wife would well, debate me on. But <laughs> your wife is not not keen so, on that. Some evidence. good background acting here by uh, Mr. Mosen. Uh, I think he's I think he's reconciling with his wife or his date or his girlfriend there. Like, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm gonna make this better. Uh, just kidding. Whatever. I'll fall back. <laughs> okay, so it says Gracie Mansion, but this is not Gracie Mansion. No, 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 no. Hey, my kid brother really wants a proton back. Oh, Bobby Brown. I'm so glad. I mean, Bobby Brown really, you know, for, for all of the things that we could say about Bobby Brown, he really makes this movie, man. I love On Our Own. I love like, he's the music. He's got two. Just, Everybody forgets he's got two. And the second one's a banging track as well. The We're Back track? Yeah. Yeah. Which, okay, so, but We're Back doesn't get used until the credits. And I swear at one point... I, I, like they had considered to use it for the montage or something. I swear that I read somewhere that they had written that particular song to play during the montage. We're the best, we're the beautiful, we're the only Ghostbusters. We're back, and then it was going to kick into Bobby Brown's second song, and then they decided, nah, we need a we need a variation on the theme song, and that's when Run DMC came into the to the picture. But I, I can't I can't substantiate that, so. Uh, take that with a grain of salt. I, I can't find where I read that. Uh, someday I'll find that. Hey, look at that Christmas tree in the background. Kinda. <laughs> like, 
like light blue vinyl couch. He's got uh, some sort of knit, like crocheted wall hanging thrown over the back of it. It's <laughs> well, are we led to believe drapes? that Peter? Like, did he just pull all of this from a thrift store, or do you think that these are things that he curated? Like, because that that bench seat is pretty awesome. That's pretty like retro '60s vintage. Like everything you, you go to he a store has, and that's yeah. an item. Like that is everything something he that, has is awesome. But here's the weird part: what is with that apartment? Right? <laughs> like it looks like normal. Like from the outside, it's a normal. It looks like he's convinced somebody to lease him the upstairs floor of like an, uh, an old warehouse building or something like that. Uh, yeah, but or it's like a department store. It's like a department store of, of it's some, got those it's got, metal pilings up the, you know, the yeah, middle of the room and the It's like there's pneumatic tubing uh for for checks and money and stuff in the background or he, like he lives in a bank that's been <clears> converted. I don't know. Uh, so Ernie, we're gonna, we're gonna bring you back for the second movie. Uh, we're going to give you uh, a, a pretty substantial role. You're going to be in a lot of the movie. Um, are you comfortable wearing long underwear <laughs> for an entire scene where all you're going to see is you from the waist down? Are you okay with that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. No problem. I like this suggestion too. I know it's a, it's like a, it's a, it's a, uh, the, 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 word for people make clothes movies um <laughs> costumer the costumers thank you they design them on an actor by actor basis but like there's the suggestion that ray and peter are just sort of functionally off the shelfing at the you know the army surplus or something like that whereas winston's like bringing his own yeah he's got his like fleece uh top of the line ll bean uh long underwear where yeah yeah egon and ray have this like that that's not doing anything. That's just cotton long under. I mean, but they're matching, right? They both got yeah. the black t-shirts underneath the the exact same basic long johns. Um, by the way, the lady in the restaurant is Judy Ovitz, and that's last ah, name should give you kind of Judy a hint there. Judy Ovitz. Uh, well, okay, okay. Harkening back to again this Rolling Stone article, Michael Ovitz instrumental in Ghostbusters mm-hmm. and Ghostbusters Two. Um, that's right. Which uh, I think we talked about it uh, maybe about a month or two ago when his book was released. Uh, that he is sort of the unsung hero here as the agent to basically everybody that you see on screen. He's he's the package yeah. deal man. Judy Ovitz, that's right, that's right. Now, did I ever talk to you about? I found the uh, the exterior. Like we never see the exterior for this. But no, they shot uh, a bit where they get in the car and drive off. Yeah. You found Actually, that? I know we, that? we did talk about this before um, because we discussed the fact that's a shot that Eugene Levy's in. And oh. I recall seeing the movie where at the end of the hallway. Uh, oh, yeah. We actually, we, we brought this up when we talked to Ivan Reitman. This was, this was your question that you said you swore yeah. you saw part of the Eugene Levy yeah, uh, stuff that had been cut from the movie, and and he kind of shrugged to us, and he was like, ah, I don't know, I maybe no you saw idea. a work print. I don't. Well, or I well, think he's like Eugene Levy was in Ghostbusters too. No, he wasn't in Ghostbusters too. I was listening um, to um, Dick Cavett talking about an episode of his 
show where the gentleman died on it and they tastefully opted not to air it, but yeah. because it got so much coverage and has been talked about so much, people to this day still tell him the look on your face when that guy died on your show. It's like, how? You never saw it. It never aired, but people, mm. so who knows? Over the years, yeah. I, at this point, I just may have complained, but there are photos of Eugene Levy and I think there's a, is there a <laughs> clip? Because I recall there's actually video of them driving off and him kind of chasing them uh, briefly because he's been It's left in the behind. EPK. You see, yes. um, you, you see the behind the scenes, like uh, B-roll of it. But uh, yeah. and, and the is... photo can be seen in the Ghostbusters Ectomobile Owner's Workshop Manual. <laughs> Funny enough. Just uh, short of Malibu above Santa Monica there or near Santa Monica on the west side of the 405, there's a kind of a sprawling uh, VA facility there. I can't remember oh. the name now. Um, oh, really? Kind of over by Westwood, by UCLA, I wonder. It's it's uh, it's in there. And I drove around and yeah. I actually did find the one little nook that they were shooting in. It's very hard to find on Google Maps and I didn't take it. Interesting. It's, it is still functioning as a military facility. So I didn't really want to stop and take too many pictures. Um, yeah, you kind of, I mean... When I when I went to a uh, city hall in New York City because uh, I wanted to get to the that that little driveway where they say come on let's run some red lights uh, in the first film you're sitting there taking pictures and then you realize like I'm at the loading dock for city hall taking some pretty <laughs> meticulous photos and <laughs> the last time I, I was there uh, I was driving I had a rental car and I was wearing my um, uh, my my Ghostbuster Dickie, the one with the, the uniform Dickie. Uh, so it, that one, the one that got lost on that trip, unfortunately. Yeah. Boo. But it had like um, hook and ladder uh, eights badge on the, the one arm and the Ghostbusters logo and all this sort of. So I look like I'm in vague uniform stuff or whatever. And actually the uh, military police did pull up and kind of roll down like, gentlemen. And I'm like, I'm just going to cut to the chase. This is going to sound stupid, but they filmed a shot from Ghostbusters 2 here, and I'm just trying to find it. And I I, I rolled my arm over to show him the logo <laughs> on the shirt, and he's like, all right, have a good day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So some, sometimes... Nerds! Just being... Nerds! <laughs> I've been to New York twice, and I've looked both times, and I I had no real conclusive luck finding this apartment yeah dana's that's been kind of a mystery for uh for the spook central paul rudolph as well i think he's i think he's tracked down a building that he thinks might have been exactly i found the one that like that was supposed to be it as well it just so much has changed around it that it just it's like for the short period of time i was there i just couldn't and of course it's you know downtown manhattan so i can't really I didn't really have a good time to pull over and kind of yeah. walk around and stare at it. And I couldn't really slow down with the car or. Well, and, and obviously that shot that we just saw of Oscar, uh, standing out on the ledge, that's, that's 100% a visual effect. Uh, yeah. they probably did a, a building extension no. there and no, they trained those babies. Those are good babies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, What's that, their secret? Please tell me. Again, they built, yeah, ledge, etc. just on the soundstage for that, that stuff and. Here's the future mayor of New York City uh, now acting as a. No, I'm sure there's supposed to be two different people. It could be his brother. We could just say it's his brother. Well, that okay, yeah, that would make sense. 
Yeah, his brother works at the uh, psychological facility. Yeah. One went into politics and one got a doctorate. Yeah. Duh. Sold. Oh, God. Pick, we did talk about this last time. Having the to litter. pick up the litter afterwards. Yeah. The city of New York was really angry about this particular one. Now, this is also uh, one of the few behind-the-scenes things that I saw, and I think I talked about it in the last commentary, that Scott Patrick, who used to do Hollywood one-on-one, he was there filming B-roll, and I saw them filming this, and they had those giant wind machines that look like the, uh, whatever, you know, those uh, hovercraft that they use down on the bayou. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They had those giant wind machines out there, and poor Sigourney Weaver had to do take after take after take, running up those stairs, uh, being pelted in the face with papers, and... Okay, so th- this is what they filmed in Burbank. All of this stuff where they're pouring... Yeah, I guess, although... Yeah, that makes sense, because that, f- that was the, practical. Well, the bottom of the door, where we don't see the top, has the, the railing and all that with the break and the stairs. It looks... It's possible they could have just dumped, you know, off the top of the frame for there, cleaned it up, and then to have it ooze out, they had to do it in the... Yeah, like the lights behind the window there. Uh, yeah, see this now. If this, I one hundred percent think we're on a soundstage. This, this feels soundstagey to me. But, but it's the same setup, right? Like that is. The yeah, same. I, I don't know. Again, when we have Bo Welch on the uh, this here <laughs> podcast, if that guy ever gets, I, I adore him. He, uh, he's a director now, but he's done. I mean, if you don't know Bo Welch, and I think I talked about again. I'm sorry to repeat myself. If you just listened to the old one, but. Um, yeah, he was the production designer on Beetlejuice and a bunch of Tim Burton films, Mm. uh, directed, I want to say cat in the hat. He became a director. Um, he, one of my favorite things, he was the production designer on Joe versus the volcano. So, uh, all of his little weird, uh, (laughs) visual gags, like you see them all in here too. That explains the design of Venkman's apartment then, because... While Joe versus the volcano at the beginning was very drab, you know, seventies uh, brick industrial wasteland, yeah. yeah, kind of design. The little flourishes in there were these retro, like the hula girl and the lamp. Yeah, and stuff the like lamp. That. Yeah. <clears throat> this uh, is a great montage. shot. Special New Year's Eve show. So we're on New Year's Eve, and yep. a whole bunch of people decided. It's New Year's Eve. Let's go see a movie. <laughs> Let's go see Cannibal Girls, uh, Ivan Reitman's very first film. Well, Do you uh, know, it's occurred to film. me, of all the shot on this site that we've done, I never yet occurred to me to go look for that theater. What is that theater? I bet that's one of that's got to be one of the theaters that's down by NYU, and I'm sure that 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 uh, marquee is long gone. But, um. Uh, you know, Cannibal Girls would be one that I ne- I think we need to go back and revisit. I have the DVD. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, all of their marketing techniques where the, the, the bell, uh, like the, there was a whole thing about like that the bell would be rung when people were getting freaked out too much. And it was Ivan Reitman really taking his stab at matinee. No bozos. Oh, yeah, there is. No bozos. There and I'm, bozo. I think he had a no bozo sticker on the side of his thing too, but... That Washington Square ghost is awesome, by the that way. That is a good... Look, Santa, Santa. because it's Christmas. <laughs> but but now it's we're past Christmas, aren't we? This is not Christmas anymore. Yeah, nobody takes their stuff down until New Year's. Uh, Come on. I guess. Timey-wimey, well, wibbly-wobbly. Better later than ever. Oof, that missed. 
You know, yeah. just looking at that, I've it, that shot gets glossed over in my mind. There he is. Mr. Ben Phillip, Stein. If, no, Philip Baker Hall. Oh, Philip Baker Hall. I really got to watch that hard eight with, uh, uh, what's his name in it there? Uh, Step Brothers. Help me out. Uh, John C. Riley. That's the one. Yeah. An early, an early role for John C. Riley. That the trailer that you played on, uh, not to, not to deviate into the previous episodes that we're not listening to at the moment, but that trailer that you played uh, on your home shopping network a couple weeks ago, that was that was a lot of fun. John C. Riley. <laughs> Where are the Ghostbusters? I love the guy in the corner there. So the the poor guy that looks like he's been this is now hour fifteen sixteen of work. Yeah. Uh, and and he's he's not acting anymore. This is background extra one hundred and one where you just look miserable <laughs> because you've been there all day. Yeah. Right away, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Ah, oh, Kurt Fuller, I love you. And there's you know reporters what that, there. Anyway, Do you know what sorry. that looks like to me? What the? It just occurred to me when he pushed him out the door. I think that's part of the courtroom. Set Is that part of the courtroom? Still. I was going to ask think, you with the wood I think paneling that's and stuff. That looks like where a jury would go. Oh, how funny! Yeah, I, I wonder if. Yeah, okay. So, to be determined movie where they film that. I wonder if that's the jury deliberation uh, room from that. Well, we now we got to figure film. it. See, look, they got the this. This is the functional building. Yeah, part. Uh, so here's your as part of the VA dock. setup. And there's, and we talked about this before. There's Lewis guiding them out. Uh, they're heading out into the, but just past here, like we would have gotten outside and there's Eugene Levy, but I, I don't know. And isn't the gag with Eugene Levy is that he gassed up the car while Lewis was trying to get them out of the hospital or something? I don't remember that. I feel like, I feel like Eugene Levy comes around and he's like, okay, she's all gassed up and ready to go. Like he's got some like stupid line. (laughs) Uh, okay, this, so that this right here is why I love Ghostbusters too. For the record, them pulling yeah. up to the museum looks like a giant jello mold. This, especially as a kid, man, this was the greatest. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, it's a fair point. I um, that jello mold stuff though, that's one of the instances of of the optical effects where I think CGI takes over better. Yeah, that looks yeah. good, but that can be recreated in a computer and put into a shot to look like it belongs there where in that case you're like that is quite obviously you know <laughs> that's that's an overlay over top of yeah yeah and don't get me wrong it works and it's great and it still holds up but it's like i i i, I don't like when people go one way or the other oh it's got to be all cgi because it's magic and other people are like cgi sucks it's gotta be practical i'm like middle ground guys <laughs> like we just have to admit middle ground where it yeah. works and each one works and doesn't work like look at this gating right like Ah, it's look at so the detail on yeah. that's an actual like what is it bronze that's scenic, or scenic like the painting yeah like whoever the scenic artist is that aged all that bronze it looks it, and or, also I mean while we're you, talking about the art department it belo- or it's in somebody's house like we still or it's in somebody's to, house to be determined it could be uh, I, I want to shout out to uh, whoever in the art department or on set deck had to light all of those candles and make sure continuity wise that none of them burn down too low. <laughs> Whoever had to swap out all those candles, God bless them. My safety candles. They, they do, do, burn do. slow. Uh, 
God, that shot of the four of them walking up to the building, so good. There he is. Oh, there he is. Okay, we saw him twice. Oh, the fireman. Uh, uh, from He's in the first movie. He's yeah. in deleted scenes where he actually talks to them, but I just realized that blurry, you can kind of see him in the background. Yeah, you can kind of see it's, him. I've seen every form of combustion known to man. Uh, this sure beats, beats the, the hell, the out, hell of me. out of me. Yeah. yeah, that's he's back for this one, which was a nice touch that they just couldn't keep, actually. It's yeah. quite sad. Poor guy. And also a, a real-life uh, cop in New York City, isn't he? Wasn't that the... He, he was yeah. a cop that turned to acting? Uh, or X-Fire or something like that. Yeah. He's, uh, but he's a, he was a real deal. All right, is everybody ready for New Year's Eve? Do you have your champagne poured? Do you have your noisemakers ready? Do you have a skylight that you can break through and rappel down to at the exact <laughs> same time as the Ghostbusters? Because it's coming up. It's coming. If you haven't poured the champagne, now is your chance. Do it before higher and higher so that you are ready. Yeah, they got a short walk to take here first, but... Well, yeah, but... Yeah. We'll, we'll wait for you guys. Go ahead. We'll... we'll no, we're not going to stop everything down again. That's far too complicated. Oh, man. All those cobbles wet down. Oh, that must have been freezing. Oh, yeah. It had to have been a cold night. Cold night in New York City. It's amazing that you don't see their breath more, though. Well, Were they well, cutting around it? Uh, you know, it could could be warmer than we imagined, though. All those lights and a lot of people, that tends to microclimate some things a bit. How did the Ghostbusters get to Liberty Island? Do you think that they took the uh, the Ecto, Ecto-3 or whatever the tugboat is that becomes the Ecto-3? Uh, uh, Port Authority? I don't know. <laughs> it's, hey, uh, it's almost midnight on New Year's Eve. Uh, let's catch the ferry. I bet the ferry's going to take us out there. Yeah. Would you raise your hands, please? Tink. Oh, hello, miss. Dink it and sink it. Now, as far as I know, no prop builders have managed to make working ones. Oh, but uh, as we witnessed at the premiere event, I saw a couple of guys, I think they were from the Houston Ghostbusters. I'm sorry, guys, I'm, if I'm misrepresenting you, but they had slime blowers that shot bubbles, and it was amazing. Oh, that's true. It was I bet so you cool. Could, um, bet you could do it with Silly String. That'd work. Yeah, Silly String would be good. The cleanup would be horrible. <laughs> uh, that that Walkman that we saw a couple seconds ago, um, not as expensive on eBay as the Walkman being used by Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy. I no, see that yeah. one all the time. Well, that one's got to be under heavy, heavy... Uh... Now, we... Uh... Uh, boy, I guess it would have been between the last time we, we recorded a commentary. Um, this replica that they're in and all that, the scale is off. And the for dramatic effect, the depth of the harbor is, is off. And <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so if you haven't listened to the previous commentary, uh, the, this shot that we're in right now of, of Liberty uh, t- taking a walk, uh, Chris Stewart, right before we had done the commentary, had done some some arithmetic he had done all of the measurements and trying to figure out how deep the bay is and how tall liberty is and if her arm would be sticking out and uh (laughs) and 
uh, go go back and re-listen to that and also go check out the uh the illustration that you did only that go halfway really up or only halfway up <laughs> now we determined this was the jumpsuit that was on sale for auction there wasn't it uh i think we did i think we did because although of the, they they don't get there's this is la right uh no I nope. oh, this particular one I think is hook and ladder. I yeah, just see realized hook and ladder number eight. Yeah, you see it has a, gra- a graffiti on the wall outside. That's uh disappointing. Yeah, and I think that's also why they they shoot those HMI lights from the background because they don't want you to see inside the uh, the yeah. garage bay there because it looks so differently. I mean they do that a couple of times in this movie where uh in the end credits when Rick Moranis goes back inside through the door they cheat so that you can't see inside the bay door yeah i'm plaza i'm really i'm hoping i mean firehouse 23 i'm hoping fire station 23 forgive me uh i'm really hoping that they they do it all up but we still have uh at least if we can walk through that bay and we can still get a sense of what it used to be and how it looks in the movies and what it used to be uh, historically and i just i hope i hope they are very cognizant of there's trump how cool that building is you know, it occurs to me that uh, that shot there outside uh, Trump Towers with the police barricades and the police and all the people is probably very reminiscent of what it looks like today. <laughs> it is. It's completely barricaded off Crunch. now. That's right, that's right off uh, Columbus Circle, if I'm not mistaken. That is a uh, – that was a beautiful replica car too to have – to get crushed, actually. So I'm gonna have to go back to look at it. About uh, where all of that was just taking place. That's uh, right around the corner from 55 Central Park West. By the way, Trump yes. Tower, Columbus Circle. That's all right there by Central Park. All right Park. there. Yeah. Um, we determined at one point that this um, that shot with the bus uh, where he comes running up and all that. Uh, we uh, that was one of the locations we were able to sort out in New York there. Uh, uh, and, and oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. As you, he runs across the street, you can see the the bus in the background not being used. It's just yeah. they parked it a block away, <laughs> and you can see it waiting for its turn, <laughs> waiting for its cue. Uh, Here we go. Oh, oh, okay. Everybody ready? No, 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 no. Sorry, no, no, no. This is not it. This is not. This is uh, not it. No, 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 no. The singing it's, is winning. It's after. Uh, so, so midnight is going to be occurring. Right after uh, you should be living that sweet life in Southern California's beautiful San Fernando San Valley. Fernando. That's that's our countdown. So we, we got some are time. four minutes away, roughly. Yeah, we're getting close. Getting close to New Year's, everybody. What did you say? One thirty-five, twenty-seven, uh, in three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Go. <laughs> he, he says Happy New Year here, but it's not New Year's yet. Whoops. And that would have been a photo from that uh, 3D attempt they made, I guess. Right. Yeah. Because they had a lot of Vigo reference photos. being missing there. Yeah. Because <laughs> if I, I recall, did, did they. Etchinson touched up a photo or did he paint it? If I recall correctly, he painted over a photo. So they had taken yeah. a photo and then he did a paint over, which was really kind of like 
Frank uh, Frazetta looking like he really leaned into it and made it really gothic looking and, and yeah, kind of like dark his, and spooky. outfit and all that is looks very, very painted, but the rendering of the face is very, you know, true to the, yeah. the actor, which it had to be because, you know, he was going to... <laughs> Yeah, you were going to see like a one-to-one of the painting of the actor, the painting, the actor. You were going to see that, but they kind what of... I'm, what I'm confused by it. here is they're not standing anywhere near here, but Vigo decided, okay, distract them and grab her. It's like, you could have just grabbed her. <laughs> they weren't anywhere near. Yeah. Yeah, what what was Vigo's plan there? I don't know. I don't know. They had to set up this great scene between Peter and Oscar in the footy pajamas that I cannot find anywhere. Damn it. I just want to cuddle that baby. Look at that yeah. baby duck yellow fleece right. he's in. So he's out of the painting. I I love how they did the sort of uh, like double exposure uh, catching up to it. Just to kind of yeah. say that he's not completely fully formed. Uh, again, this would be something in CG that they would have made him maybe transparent or put a glow around him or whatever. But just, just that little photography trick to make it I've tried to replicate different. it in like premiere and all that a couple of times, like layering frames, you know, semi-transparent and all that. And it's, I, I think it's, it's tricky. I still yeah. never got anywhere close what they did. So it's a nice, it's a, it's a nice little bit of uh, trickery. All right, everybody grab those, uh, grab those party favors, grab that champagne. We're getting close, getting close to new years. Uh, fine. Get, get that person near you that you're going to kiss. Chris, uh, I guess it's just you and me, pal. Yeah, all right. Buck her up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here we go. I wish I wish that I could count down. In a, in a different world, we had more technology where I had a time uh, time code burn in here, and I could be counting down, but. All right, raise those glasses. Lay on the floor and pretend you can't move. (laughs) Oh, easy. Oh, wait, but we have to wear the packs? Ah. Bonehead. All right, everybody here on the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, we are about to say goodbye to 2018 and hello to 2019, and we're all going to do it together. 35th anniversary, here we come. 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters. Oh boy, 2019. 30th anniversary of Ghostbusters 2, the movie we're watching. Okay. Now we become one. There we go. There it is. Uh, 10, 9, 8, 5, 7, 6, 7, 7, 7. Happy eight, New four, Year! Seven, happy- Ten nine eight seven. Happy New Year! Everybody's everybody's happy already singing. We missed it. Whatever. And, but oh, uh, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. Gandalf, not Gand- Eric Idle. Gandalf the Gray, yeah, not Eric Idle. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody uh, in New York City there. The, the the extras that gathered to celebrate New Year's not on New Year's. Well, uh, we're we're all here on New Year's, and that's pretty cool. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy twenty nineteen. Thanks for spending uh, the evening with us. Or if you listen to this after New Year's, thanks for not spending the evening with us. You had something better to do? <sighs> Wait a minute, you like you're going to stop guilt? watching the movie? Well, no, you gotta no. Be. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> 
What is it? It's midnight. Where am I going to go? I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> that outside shot, uh, again, see, that's not optical. Uh, is it? Well, this, this weird, so you've got like a, a, the a pinch tank. Distortion. They're doing the tank in the background, so that's one shot. Yeah. They're doing their the Douglas Trumbull clouds. You know, He loved to put inks and stuff into uh, water tanks and film them. So that's what that was. And then him in front, that's that's optical. Yeah, that's all optical. No, they but that pinching him. that was happening on his face. Oh, the pinching. Yeah, I don't... I think that's, that was I digital. think that's crude digital. But that should say somewhere in the credits. We'll have to go back and check. Actually, you have to go... Maybe it's in Cinefix. Yeah, maybe. Time to go reread Cinefix on that one. I mean, they, they could have done the distortion optically too but you're right okay so when his his cheeks kind of pinch in there that might have been I mean, this I all guess here is optical them shooting vigo's face is all optical 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 there's that brief shot where peter turns away from the flash you can see the uh the timing light in the the end tube there oh can you really that do you think that's a match shot by the way the wide shot this, the, yeah, the, with all of the, it has to be with all of the slime uh, ascending into the heavens there, and yeah. it looks, it looks really it. Well, it's reminiscent of the fifty-five Central Park West one from the first movie. It just it has ha- that feel yeah. of a matte shot. It has to be a matte shot. Um, I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, maybe what they did is they took a practical photo and they did a little paint over onto that a uh, little, little matte shot spread out shorty. Okay, that looks like uh, what do they call it the. Translate city outside the windows there. Yeah, the psych, the translate. Uh, that's totally translate. That, yeah, so this, yeah. Again, so this that has kind has of to be lends a the, the suggestion that's on a soundstage. That I, yeah, right, right behind uh, Winston and Ray. That's that's definitely a backdrop. That's. But then again, like, where are those exterior windows supposed to be? Is that the front of the building? Yeah. I don't know. The geography here is all. <laughs> we got to map it out. Yeah. Grab a pen and paper. Here we go. Uh, shout out to Janos Poha, who now runs a summer camp for privileged kids and is writing a Thanksgiving musical. Uh, good, good for him. I, I mean, I, I'm really anxious in 2019 to read the Sanctum of Slime uh, one shot. I wonder if Janos is, is involved somehow because he was he factored heavily into that game, and that's what I kind of loved about that. I'm kind that of excited story, that uh, Tom Waltz uh, dropped hint that. Uh, we saw the, uh, the the dramatis personae front page of the issue and um, the old Ghostbusters. Yeah. Both both old as in old original and old as in you know they're older. But they're very they're very much Pete Venkman in you know uh, button up with uh, yeah Ghostbusters uh, International arm, armless looking. vest yeah. and all that yeah. Ah, uh, that's such a great shot for for Harold and Dan's writing credit. That's such a great shot. Like nothing about that says normal apartment. Like <laughs> he doesn't even have like a dining no, room I mean, or a kitchen table. It's just he's got a countertop and a fridge. Frankly, nothing about Peter Vankman reads as normal person though either. I don't know. So uh, th- that shot of Harold Ramis that we just saw okay, was that this, from the deleted scene? Yeah, this, this is okay. LA. No, no, this is uh, Moranis walking into the the building. That's that's, that's the totally. Firehouse? Oh yeah, yeah that's, look in the back there. That's, okay, that, uh, that right there. That's yeah. outside Parkview. Oh, that yeah, of uh, of Ernie putting the 
the shoulder That's inside the LA. Pad on. Yep. I wonder how many uh, all of these shots Knock these are from scenes. Yeah, these are all from scenes that were were cut from the film. I mean, which is fine. It's actually really. It's. I mean, it's nice. It's lovely. It's. Uh, I just. It's a. It's a classic touch. Movies yeah. don't often do. And Robin Shelby, come Will on, let's and just Hank be honest and Robin. Here. Yeah. The. I mean, uh, point in case of the phenomenon that was uh, the real Ghostbusters and Slimer's appeal that Slimer gets a credit in the above the line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Medjuk. I know that you're a key and, and Michael Chapman, you're the best director of photography that, uh, Ivan Reitman has ever worked with, but Slimer's going to get credit above you. I'm, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it is what it is. Key to the city. Yep, key to the city. Again, there was dialogue and stuff in here that they filmed. Slimer was supposed to come out from behind the Statue of Liberty, but I think they did away with that, uh, because they thought it was too reminiscent of the first film. But it's also a great, it's just a great end establishing shot of New York City and the yep. World Trade the Center is still there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. Aerial photography. Yeah. Not a drone. In the days no. prior to drone, they were actually filming this with a helicopter. Well, there it was Ghostbusters 2 for the second time. I can beatbox. I can totally. I feel, I feel confident, Chris. I feel like this was a whole lot better than our first go round. You think at so? Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. I've certainly had 100% more wine than I had last time. So that may have helped. <laughs> you and I both. Well, it is New Year's. Uh, you it's know, true. it's the f- first day of 2019. Wink. Uh, Dylan wink, Gross. Wink. Oh, hey, Dylan Gross. Speaking of Dylan Gross, uh, up there, if, if you, you're probably just now missing him as the camera loader, that's Michael Gross's uh, son and is oh. now an aerial photographer, funny enough. Really? Huh, tie it all together. Yeah, we did a we did an interview with him back on Ghostbusters HQ. Oh man, uh, in the late '90s, right when he had started doing uh, aerial photography. And do you think Les Kovacs is uh, related? Oh, it has to be. Yeah. How many Kovacs can there be? Right. Uh, I like the, the guys so, who get. I like the guys who get the quote names. Mad Dog, <laughs> Lucky, <laughs> Mad Dog. Oh, especially it's always the grips. It's always the grips and yep. the, those guys, the transpo guys. Uh, but but anyway, so uh, Dylan uh, Gross, uh, Dylan Goss, I believe he goes by now. Um, he uh, Avengers. I mean, he he does a whole lot of high profile stuff. Uh, very very cool. Gary Rydstrom, who did the special sound effects, you'll recognize his name. He's one of the key guys over at Skywalker Sound now. He's. Oh my God! Won Oscars upon Oscars for Jurassic Park and Star Wars, and I mean the pedigree of this movie, man. There were so many people that worked on this that now are doing everything that you know and love, or everything that you know and you're yelling about on Twitter at the current moment. I'm just amused uh, in a elementary sort of a school sort of way by a guy named Dick Johnson, but that's just me. <laughs> I wonder what happened to the DGA trainee Susan Fellows. A lot of the DGA trainees become assistant directors. They're, I like watching what happens to those guys. All right, so here we go. We're in ILMs. At least I'm in ILM. Hopefully we're all in ILM together. Effects photography. Uh, key effects cameraman. Anything digital or computer Model oriented. shop, chief effects, stage manager, Matt. Optical operations. Yeah, optical Fixed camera, lineup. supervising stage. 
VFX but coordinators. Is, the other thing is, this is so early. Would it just fall under some other you effects would th- titler? Right? I mean, maybe one of the animators could have been a digital animator. Matte photography, matte artist. Yeah, so I mean, your matte photographer—that was shop. probably what we saw Sculpture, the plastics. last shot there. Of the mechanical, mechanical molds, plastics, costume, yeah. finish, yeah, paint, no. <laughs> bathtub trainer, and wrangler. That's my favorite. And river rats. Yeah. I love river rats as credits. Assistant effects, optical coordinator, negative cut of concept artist. Yeah, nope. Yeah, not in there. But plus two hundred other, other artists, artists and technicians. And technicians at so. Well, that. Oh, vague. hey, Apogee. 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 There we go. Yeah, Apogee was one of the first computer uh, effects houses. So it, it's quite possible that, that that one shot, one or two shots in there might have been. I think I'd put my money on the pinching and when his face kind of bulges out. That's where I would have. Yeah. I, th- I can't think of too many other places where they. Well, the bulge, the, that one face bulge, that reminds me of the, the shot in Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, above uh, Nancy's bed, where it's like it, it was such a weird theatrical thing to do, but I, I feel like they did that. It's like that, that, uh, neoprene or spandex, whatever that fabric is that they actually just pushed in. But. And well, no, but the thing is, is it's literally just around his face. It's nearly impossible. Like if you push on uh, neoprene, the whole thing Why bulges doesn't it forward. Yeah. Whereas it, it just bubbles around the head. So I, my money's on that. And my money's not on it. I'm just going to tell you I'm right. <laughs> All right. If somebody wants to prove me wrong, prove me I'll wrong. I'll accept for the moment, that you're right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, well, hey, we're we're coming to a close here. We're seeing the cast of, of Ghostbusters 2 now. So that means that our commentary is also coming to an end. Um, and uh, this, uh, I, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. It is the final podcast of 2018 and the yep. first podcast of 2019, Chris. This is... Uh, oh, that's right. It does... It's kind of nice. I think this is the first time that we've ever really been able to actually do this, where we... Oh, there's Walt Flanagan, by the way. Walter Flanagan. Walter Flanagan, not to be confused. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's kind of nice to be able to do this. I'm... The fortuitous timing of us dropping an episode on New Year's Eve, uh, that worked out really well. But uh, stunts were into Danny Danny Aiello the third. He does... Oh, man, he does so many... And then let's see if uh, Zyker is in here. No, he's not. Is there he were, related, there, though? Danny Aiello III? He is, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, long long line of uh, Aiello's. Aiello's. Aiello's? Aiello's? Color by Deluxe. Spectral recording, Dolby Stereo, and Select Theaters. Uh, well, that's uh, that's all she wrote. Based on characters created by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. I never realized that they got that credit at the end of Ghostbusters 2. How many times have I watched this movie and that's the last thing you see? I had not realized that. Also, I I will say this little segment of score here just screams, I want this score. I want this score so bad. Yeah. Well, Edelman deserves that. it gets released at some point. Or at least if, if the whole score isn't out there, just a few tracks. But, uh, well, the very Saraband put out a thousand, two thousand of the Bernstein score. Like, hey, like monetary wise, you can apparently do super low runs of CDs. 
I think that the issue and, and what I'm understanding is that everybody keeps saying that they don't think that the music exists and those recordings have to exist somewhere. They have there's, to there's somewhere. Nowhere. Well, especially when they did like, you know, new mixes and stuff like that for the Blu-rays. Like, yeah, you've got music tracks. You have split tracks that you're using for the Dolby Atmos. Uh, anyway, the movie's long over and we're still talking. That's the cross <laughs> cross rip way here. That's the cross rip promise. The cross rip guarantee. <laughs> 2019, uh, yeah, yeah. same old babbling as 2018. <laughs> uh, if they're smart, they've turned us off by now. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> start start out your New Year's resolution by turning off uh, 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 turning off us to gibbering idiots. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702 GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Prince is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Well, let's let's do this since we're still recording uh, mm. and the commentary is is far from over. Uh, you you have final slash first thoughts for 2019, Chris? Oh, I wasn't prepared for this. I what's I this mean, nonsense? I figured we were done when the movie was over, but we're still going. So let's let's so. put it to a proper close here. Uh, no real final thoughts other than this is it. Uh, it's kind of insane. <sighs> this is the year that also proves my. Uh, how old I was when I saw the movie. 35th anniversary of Ghostbusters, I'm 46, means I saw it when I was 11, which is exactly what it was. Uh, yeah, I can't... I guess my final thought is I certainly never... I'm always <laughs> amazed that I make it to this point going, how long have I been interested in this movie? 30-plus years? What? Yeah, yeah. 30, 35, 35 years. Or, uh, or that you've been on a podcast now. We're going into... This is our fifth year. Fifth year that's insane all on its own too yeah uh the, Although, the amount of hours that we've spent talking about ghostbusters just on this podcast alone uh, yeah I, i'm astounded by and hopefully we're not boring people yet I, i'm certainly not bored uh, it's a different <laughs> again speaking of things that you didn't anticipate 30 35 years later uh talking about ghostbusters and like oh i've got kids now this is weird it's weird you didn't have a child when we started and i just barely had a child when we started yeah. um and for those who tuned into the home Shopping, we, you heard. You uh, heard little Thomas at the end. Is yeah. not so little Thomas, I as the know. case may be. Um, oh, final thoughts. I, well, if nothing else, coming out of the, this commentary, this is the second time we've done it, and I'm pretty sure you and I a commented on all uh, largely different things, and b walked. I walked away with a list of things I got to go double check now. And every time have I seen this, every this time. movie, right? Yeah. As it is, we've never discussed this use of CG in this. 
no, ever. No, yeah. I mean, that's like any good movie, and I think I've brought that up about the original movie too, is that every time I watch it, if it's on a big screen, small screen, with a group of people, with my, yeah. you know, while I'm watching it by myself on an airplane, um, I always see something different in all of these movies. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, it's because we keep rewatching it, and when we discover one new thing, it helps reveal other new things. So the the removed footage that was released you know in the last couple years or whatever of the fire commissioner from the first movie coming back in the second movie but they had to cut him out never realized he was there but now that i know he's there i'm watching the shot and i'm like there he is in the background he's blurry but that's him uh, Things like paying that. attention to the set decorations in uh, Peter Venkman's apartment never yeah, really occurred to well, me until this particular watch. I'm there. not going to bed until I find out what the, the courtroom <laughs> is. Be- no, because again, that bit where the, the, the war room with the mayor. I I bet you're right. I bet I you're gotta, right. I'm going to have to I go through my call sheets because I've got Ghostbusters 2 call sheets. I'll, I'll double check that. But um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that is the beauty of these movies. These movies that we know and we love and we cherish and... Uh, obviously, a lot of people out there are passionate about them uh, as as much or more so than we are. That you know, you're talking about them, you're pouring over every detail, you're cosplaying, yeah. you're, uh, and and that's the good movies do that. The good movies keep you coming back and they keep you interested in them, even if you have seen. Keep God, me I, I can't even hanging on. <laughs> I can't. I you can't don't count. really love me. What? Kim Wilde? What happened? I guess so. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, and, and certainly coming into uh, 2019, we've got a lot. We're going to be talking about the, the movies that we know and we love and probably some new stuff. I mean, with uh, FanFest coming around the corner, uh, I'm yeah. anxiously awaiting uh, all of the great interviews and things that we're going to be able to do with that. And uh, whatever products and announcements are to be made, we're going to have interviews for those. And Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't often get to talk to him but the couple of times here in the last half of 2018 that i actually spoke directly to eric reich he just giggles it's uh, really yeah. disturbing we, it's it's, like, we're like it, so eric anything you can tell us about for 2019 <laughs> and then he just giggles for five minutes eric eric has turned into and i mean this with the most respect uh, possible because i admire and respect eric to no ends but he's turned into the Kristen wig character from snl where he's just <laughs> sitting on his hands and rocking back and forth going oh my oh god my. <laughs> <laughs> he he knows that whatever they're going to be dropping on us is going to be huge. But uh, so anyway, so yeah. twenty again. What I'm saying, uh, happy 2019, everybody. It's going to be one hell of a ride, and we're glad that you guys are here with us uh, for it. So, um, all right. Well, uh, Chris, let's bring this to an end before before we keep going. Find I, another reason. I to know keep talking. We, yeah. we have the ability in us. Uh, as the as irony is, Steel uh, called out at one point too last year. The, the irony is, is uh, we re, we retor- recorded uh, uh, an hour and a half long commentary for a movie, and we're still ending earlier than we normally do <laughs> for our weekly podcast. This is quite quite true, but we planned. We did yes, plan we for did. that, but. Uh, but anyway, happy new year, everybody. Happy 2019. Uh, happy returns. Uh, prosperous, joyous new year to all of you and your family and your loved ones and your friends. And uh, we, we certainly count you among our family and our friends, uh, all of our listeners. We love you guys. So uh, wel- welcome to 2019. Welcome to year five of Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip Podcasting. And until next week. Uh, for a proper first episode to kick off the uh, the new year, we'll see you all on the other side. Who you gonna call? We got Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossrip. 
visit us at protoncharging.com, ghostbustershq.net, and stillplayingwithtoys.net. That used to be one of my two favorite shows. Anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're 